This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to Off the Bench with Benny Jones and Scotty Sattler for Kubota, diesel generators for serious backup power. Yeah, that they are indeed. Just like that, another week flies by us, and we are into round eight of the NRL. The season doing likewise, just flying past. Betty Jones here alongside Scotty Sattler, who was uh, obviously witness to a pretty one-sided affair at ANZ Stadium. A big tribute to Greg Inglis, the retiring rugby league superstar. Uh, Sats, as I welcome you into the program for Kubota Diesel Generators for serious backup power. I know we're going to dissect that game shortly uh, to kickstart round eight, but uh, boy, they... Um, I reckon they fired a bit of a warning shot across the competition bow, didn't they, the uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs, as poor as the Broncos were, and that's another side to the story. But, uh, gee, they looked impressive, the Bunnies. Welcome, mate. Yeah, thanks, Benny, uh, and also listeners as well. Yeah, you're right. They did. Um, they really fired a shot to say to the rest of the competition that uh, if we're in this frame of mind, we're going to be one of the hardest teams uh, to stop. And that's exactly what happened with their Ford pack. Uh, they went out on a seek-and-destroy mission, led by Sam Burgess, and they completely embarrassed the the forwards of the Brisbane Broncos and um, and I think the Brisbane Broncos forwards they do need to take a really good hard look at themselves and and it doesn't come down to coaching when your forwards don't play with aggression and intensity mm. and urgency Benny and that's exactly what happened last night um, we'll talk about it a little bit later, a little bit more later on but yep. yeah Anthony Seabold's press conference I think he's living in a deluded world yeah uh, if he feels as though the scoreline last night didn't uh, reflect the uh, the true indication of a game we'll get some of the highlights we will hear from both coaches Wayne Bennett uh, in, a, in an unusually joyful mood as you would be uh, with a scoreline there at 38 to 6 uh, and also we'll hear from Anthony Seabold a little later as well uh, but of course it's been another big week they always tend to be uh, in the land of all things NRL plenty of news headlines about let's uh, have a look at some of the big ones on Off the Bench, the NRL News of the Week. Yeah, Kubota Diesel Generators, uh, they are powering Australia. Some of the news of the week. A couple of guys that have been highly spoken about in recent times, Scott Sattler, uh, they being Clint Gutherson and also Cameron Smith. Uh, we've finally heard straight from those two individuals, finally, at long last. I'll get to Cam Smith shortly, but I want to start with Clint Gutherson, one of the main men at the Parramatta Eels, his contract, the latest on that, uh, and talk that he could be manly bound. What are you hearing? What's the word on the grapevine? Clint Gutherson, his future at Parramatta. Well, we heard him a couple of days ago, Benny, speak for the first time about the way that this is affecting him, all these contract negotiations. He wanted something finalised before Christmas. Mm. The, The Parramatta Eels... Management. They sat back, their executive management, they sat back and said, no, we need to sit down on this and cool our heels and we need to see how our playing group reacts to getting the wooden spoon last year. And I think that's the right decision to make. And um, they're looking at through two completely sets of glasses at the moment. Yeah. And at the moment, you're never going to come to a, a final resolution, one that's going to make both parties happy. And that's what negotiations are about, where both parties feel as though they've had a win in some way. Hmm. Now, um, he's also come out saying he feels hurt he feels hurt that the club doesn't feel as though that he's as important as what he claims that he should be. He feels as though he's worth the asking price of six hundred and fifty to 700000 
Um, and many may scoff at that and say, hang on a sec, your $700,000 player is is your one of your marquee players in the NRL. And and I tend to agree with Clint Gutherson here, Benny. I feel as though to Parramatta, he's very important. One, he's their skipper. Two, plays an array of positions. Three, the opposition coaches, when you're playing against Parramatta, he is one of the players that you highlight as their, their main dangers. Uh, and most importantly, he's a very positive team member off the field in the community amongst the playing group. So you tick all those boxes. He is worth 650 to 700 to Parramatta. He may not be to any other club dealing with their salary cap and their other marquee players, but to Parramatta, he's very important. So yeah. I, I, I do agree with the way that Parramatta have handled this on the back of a wooden spoon and seeing which players do put their hand up and say, hey, we're going to be the ones that individually we're going to help get this team out of the rut that we were in in 2018. And Clint Gutherson has been one of those players. So now we're into round eight. They need to move to the next stage now, Parramatta, and, mm. and start finalising some agreement. I've agreed with the path they've tracked so far, but now they get to the stage where they've got to start making some some um, positive actions in, re- in relation to their um, continuous improvement over the next two to three years. Now, Sats, our Thursday night review coming up a little later in the program where we're going to look at both the Bunnies and the Broncos. Oh. But uh, those two clubs are heavily talked about through the week, not only the... Uh, off-field side of things with the Bennett v. Seabolt uh, coaches battle, if you will, but also a couple of players that are being uh, rumoured to either be on the move or maybe even arriving at certain clubs. Now, Cody Nicarima, let's start there officially now to join the Warriors, a $1.5 million, two-and-a-half-year deal, obviously the remainder of this season. Uh, This is huge because coming into the season, it was expected that he would be a lock just about for for the the best 13 of the Brisbane Broncos. He was told in no uncertain terms his position beyond this season couldn't be assured as the first choice. So he's decided to uh, explore his options. And one of those options clearly has become the Warriors who uh, sought after his his services. What have you made of this? And 1.5 mil, it's a big payday for Cody. It is. I think he's a player that will fit into the structure of, of the, the Warriors, not so structured by nature, uh, but just the way they play. He's a little bit more free-spirited, Cody, mm. and I think he'll enjoy that with the Warriors. I, I believe when the Warriors have that right balance between a little bit of control but also a little bit of Harlem Globetrotter, I think that's when they play their, their best rugby league. They don't feel like they're, um, they've got constraints on them. So, But, Benny, can I tell you now... Um, after Thursday night's match, which we called for NRL Nation, I had a really good discussion with a with a with an official that is very close to the to the Brisbane Broncos. Mm. Um, his concerns are that the Brisbane Broncos are on the on the brink of implosion. Wow! Yeah, um, Cody Nickaram, a very important player to the playing group. Whether he play, plays in the number seven jersey or whether he becomes their hooker in the future, which I think is his, is his future. Um, they've they're very disappointed in the way the club has handled this. Uh, the executive decision, which is made by the, the CEO and the, re, the recruitment retention committee, but the coach is the one that wears the result because all decisions are ratified by the coach when it comes to the player's future, where they play within his uh, structures. So that's one area that the players are, are very disappointed in the club. The structure of Seabold and the textbook coaching of Anthony Seabold, again, they've got players in that side that aren't enjoying that style of coaching. James Roberts. Now, James Roberts is a day-to-day project emotionally. Now, he comes with a lot of baggage, James Roberts. He has got a young family now. He has matured a little bit, but he still comes with a lot of baggage emotionally. And a lot of players do, but some some emotions are a little, just more, a little bit more extroverted, like James Roberts. And he is feeling that he's not he's not getting that security blanket that he needs 
every day of what he was getting from Wayne Bennett. So you've got some very, very, some key players, some very key decisions that have been made amongst mm. the club that are affecting the uh, the overall, the overall mindset and the um, the emotional well-being, the psychological thoughts of the players on a day-to-day yeah. basis. So this is uncharted territory for the Brisbane Broncos. How they handle it is going to be really important, and it has to be handled, I think, um, through a really good mediator. All right, you mentioned James Roberts too there, Sats. Uh, one of the men rumoured to be heading towards the exit door, much like Cody Nicarima at Red Hill. Now, uh, the, the, the feeling is the Bunnies are the front runners for his services, but could they be, could they just quietly be behind the scenes concocting a little secret play for Latrell Mitchell? And is that very much from what you understand, Sats, dependent on uh, this, uh, I guess, GI salary cap allowance that maybe the NRL are going to give the green light to? It's still being discussed as we speak. Well, I can't see them fitting both players in. Mm. Uh, it's got, it'll have to be one or the other. And I can't see Latrell Mitchell ever leaving the Roosters. Now, yep. any young player will leave if the money is right. You're only <laughs> you're only loyal to the paycheck uh, in professional sports these days, and and you can't hold that against players also. But um, but Greg Inglis will play a huge part in this. We know the admiration that Latrell Mitchell has for Greg, and we know that Greg Inglis is going to play a role moving forward in in learning the different techniques about being a coach, uh, whether it's a, a coach from a, a professional standpoint, from a rugby league, or, or personal development with Indigenous athletes as well. He'll play a really important role within the club. And maybe Latrell wants to be part of that. Maybe Latrell wants to stand alongside uh, G on a day-to-day basis and, and learn from him as a player and also as a, as a person as well in the community. So it's a pretty good bargaining tool, isn't it? Um, but yeah. if you've got James Roberts as well on the horizon, Benny... Uh, you're looking at one and a half million that we're expecting the NRL to um, to make exempt from South Sydney's salary cap since he's retired and he is sacrificing that wage that he would have received from the club. Um, 1.5 million will get you Latrell and maybe another very good first grader. You won't get Latrell and James Mitchell, uh, James Roberts. So it's going to be one or the other. Um, you would think uh, if you had your choice. I think you take Latrell every day of the week. It's time for the Friday night NRL preview. Yeah, it certainly is. Betty Jones here with Scotty Sattler, and we're going to look at a big game tonight uh, at the old Shark Park, Points Bet Stadium, as it's now affectionately referred to. Uh, and it's the Sharks in ninth place, Sats, taking on the Storm, currently sitting third. Uh, so a three and four record for Cronulla. Six and one the Melbourne Storm, but as I'm sure you're about to discuss, Scotty, not exactly setting the world on fire, the uh, the Melbourne Storm at the moment, but they take on a side that is missing a host of stars. So the big question, I guess, that you're going to answer for us and our listeners right now here, Sats, is who takes the reins at Cronulla if they're going to get the job done tonight against this uh, powerful Storm outfit? Well, it has to be Chad Townsend, Benny, because he's really one of the last men standing. You've got young Bronson. Cherry, who's a, a very young outside back and still learning his Exciting trade. Talent, you, yeah. yeah, you've got um, players that have been in part of the Cronulla, the Cronulla side and the squad for a number of years, but don't play a senior role. Um, you've got young Braley who comes off the bench and the Braley that starts, Jaden Braley who starts as well. Still yeah, not dominant players, but very good players, but not at the age yet where they're going to be dominant. Mm. You've got Gallon, of course, who is a dominant player, but you know, just plays, plays minimal minutes now and just it's more about uh, quality as opposed to quantity of minutes. Um, 
And uh, you got Matt Pryor, who is a, a very good player, but still very introverted by nature. A- Andrew Fafita, who I, t- I think's had an outstanding season. So it needs to be Chad Townsend. You talk about the stars, Benny, who who are missing. And you talk about salary cap. Try and add these numbers up. Matt Moylan, mm. uh, Wade Graham, Josh Dugan, and Sean Johnson. Yeah, there's a majority of your of your wins each week. Yeah, I got about just, three, just about three point four million. I, I think I came up with on the calculator, roughly give or take <laughs> for a season. Three point four million dollars worth of talent. Yet yeah, it, uh, it's pretty um, pretty significant. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, it needs to be Chad Townsend. He's really the one yeah. that's um, got to stand up and and I mean it's probably a test that he needs in his career. He's got to the stage where he's won premierships and he's been a very good first grader. Um, whether he's with the Cronulla, whether he's with uh, the Warriors. And coming back to Cronulla as well, now he's at the stage of his career where he, he can't be seen as the the co-pilot to the marquee player, which he's always been the co-pilot. So whether it's Sean Johnson or or whether it's um, Matt Moylan, mm. uh, James Maloney when he was there, he was always the really good co-pilot. Like he's uh, he's goose out of out of Top Gun now. He's, he's got to be Maverick now, yep. and he's got to take over. All right. Uh, now they take on a Melbourne Storm side who. Obviously played in that epic game a fortnight ago against the Roosters. They ended up on the losing side of the ledger on that occasion. Then Anzac Day, or Anzac Day night at Amy Park, well below their best, but found a way. Just got out of jail with a, a nail-biting win over the Warriors. So based on the last couple of weeks, do you reckon that comes at a, at a good time for Craig Bellamy? Maybe just to give the boys a little bit of a subtle reminder, obviously of the toughness of this competition. I don't think they've ever taken that for granted, but just the uh, the fact that a lot of sides are gunning for them and they're going to have to you know, find another gear or two, particularly away from home against the Sharks. Yeah, he's been very disappointed, and so he should be with the way that they played because um, what's been really concerning, Benny, for Melbourne is that it's their starts. Yep. Um, the starts have been they're getting a, a real, relax- yeah, mm. real relaxed nature, and they're getting through the going through the motions and doing all the right things but they just can't put points on the board and I don't know whether that comes back to Brodie Croft as, a, as still a young half learning how to, to raise the intensity of the game in, in various stages like every sort of six or seven minutes you've got to slowly just keep turning the screws to the point where you're controlling the game to the point where your opposition is so fatigued emotionally and physically that they, they capitulate and I don't think Brodie Croft has, has really mastered that yet and I don't think Cameron Munster's really mastered that yet. Cameron Munster plays everything at breakneck speed, which you like to have, but there's some times where you, you've just got to take a step back and start changing tact a little bit on the mm. run as a half. And I think he's really concerned with the two starts against the Roosters, where yep. they went to, uh, they were down 20 0. 20 0, yeah. Yeah, came back second half masterclass from Smith and Co., but then last week against the, um, against the Warriors as well, they were. Yeah, they were down 12-10 for a majority of that game and then mm. just snuck away with that very you know, very suspicious win based on a um, controversial call from the officials. So um, it'd be interesting how he's handled this week, Benny, whether he's, because they've had two really tough weeks, um, whether he freshened them up or whether he ground them into the ground even yeah. further and said, you know, this is, this is not what we stand for and we need to yep. be reminded. So uh, I expect them to come out... Um, with a, a completely different mindset in that open 15, 20 minutes. There you go, Friday night preview. Well done, Sats. A very in-depth look at what should be a cracking contest. The Sharks, it's a huge game for them. Big for the Storm too, but you feel with the Sharks just hanging around the edges of the eight, it's a must-win type scenario. A lot of off the bench still ahead of us for Kubota. Diesel generators powering Australia. Up next, we're going to dissect last night's big win for the Bunnies over the Broncos at ANZ Stadium. Scotty Sattler was there, and he'll have all the latest talking points from that contest right after this. 
You're listening to Off The Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators, powering Australia. You're listening to Off The Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators, powering Australia. Yeah, welcome back to Off The Bench. Great to have your company wherever you're listening. Betty Jones, Scotty Sattler uh, coming up shortly. We'll uh, review Thursday night's clash between the Bunnies and the Broncos. Sats was there calling it for NRL Nation, so uh, he's a man who had a first-hand view of just how good the Bunnies were. Also, his tips for the remainder of Round 8, and we'll get a nomination from Scotland as well, too, when it comes to our Makita Power Player of the Week. Just before we get in to a little bit more of the program, hey, let's send a shout-out to Gregory Pugh and the crew in Queensland. Genolite Propriety Limited stocking some of those amazing Kubota diesel generators parts and pieces and products. Uh, we love the support of all of our wonderful clients and in around the Queensland, New South Wales region. So to Gregory and the gang there at Genolite, a big shout-out and a big thank you for your ongoing support here on Off The Bench. Uh, time to get into this. Let's go with our Thursday night NRL review. What a big win it was to the Bunnies 38, defeating the Broncos 6. It was uh, pretty much one-way traffic in that first half. A little bit of fight shown by the Broncos in the second 40, but uh, they were never going to get over the top of a very determined South Sydney outfit. Just before we get the thoughts of Scotty Sattler... Well, it's important we do get those because he was there to witness it at ANZ Stadium. Tributes are plenty. Matty Russell, Sats, Blocker Roach and Shawnee Timmons were calling the action for NRL Nation. And here were the pick of the highlights. Seven tries from seven games so far this season. Walker for South Sydney goes through Sutton. It opens up momentarily and Johnston loses the ball. Was it ripped free? Cody Walker onto it and he dives over for what South Sydney will say is the first try. It was lost by Alex Johnston, but Jared Sutton will tell the bunker that it was ripped three by Brisbane. Long, out towards the wing. They loop around. Walker has his hands on it again. He kicks, chases hard. It bounces up perfectly. And Cody Walker has gone crash bang with the first two tries. The Goanna as well. On a night we celebrate Greg Inglis. GI, that one's for you. Milford shapes to kick dummies and runs. Creating numbers. It's an intercept. And they're away. South Sydney won't be caught. The thief in the night is Adam Reynolds. And against the run of play, South Sydney get their third try and their second Goanna celebration. Another one. And Pangai gets the feet moving as he's tackled. Five metres out in front of the uprights. McCulloch drills the ball out towards Milford and then running a great line. Brisbane crash over and it's through Corey Oates. He keeps the try scoring run going in 2019 and against the Rabbitohs. In front of the uprights, options both sides. Cook runs to his right, sits it up and they burst through the score. And it's the captain. Sam Burgess nodding his approval. What a blow. Murray playing the ball now. Cook finds a player on the charge. And that was some sort of run from John Sutton. What a try. Who ices the win. He wound back the clock and wound up the legs and stormed into the end goal, complete with the Goanna celebration, which we've seen tonight regularly in honour of Greg Inglis. It's a big, big win for South Sydney. 
A big night for Sh- Wayne Bennett, the super coach. And now Cam Murray bursts through. Skips away from one tackle and he's rounded up from behind by Flegler. But players being called back without South Sydney. Damien Cook or anyone else really knowing this is all in vain. The full-time siren has gone. Cody Walker only now hears it. And that will be the end of that. A dominant display from South Sydney, led by Sam Burgess, orchestrated by Cody Walker. And they move to seven wins and one loss through eight rounds. They've beaten the Broncos six tries to one, 38-6. So there you go, 38-6. That's pretty comprehensive in the end, the scoreline in favour of the Bunnies. Huge hype in the build-up to this game. A lot of it centering around the coaches involved, Wayne Bennett, Anthony Seabold, but uh, not to mention the fact that uh, Darius Boyd played 300 and Greg Inglis was getting his official farewell, I guess you would call it, uh, first home game back for the Bunnies since his retirement announcement a couple of weeks ago. So it was a night that had all the ingredients. Do you feel like it delivered? Oh, I think South Sydney delivered, absolutely. I mean, we can't really buy into too much what the coaches say because in the end of the day, the coaches don't get out, go out and get bruised at all, do they? Um, I was listening to Blocker Roach last night in our NRL Nation call and he was right on the money. He said, we can sit back and we can romanticise with this argument uh, and this dislike for each other between the two coaches, yeah. but they're not these 17 players from each side, 34 in total, that go out there and get a bruise mm. uh, throughout the entire contest. It's the players that get out there and... And have to um, have to deliver the uh, the final blows. Now, um, it was just a it was a masterclass from from South. And when you look at the overall match statistics and also basically the match summary, Benny 24 nil at half time, and there were two tries just from from bounces that went against the Brisbane Broncos, a bounce of the ball with Cody Walker picking up both of those tries, and then. Then Adam Reynolds takes an intercept from 80 metres out and scores a try. And then Kyle Turner scores right on the stroker of half-time on the 39th minute, mm. which is always the one that it really hurts the side, only in that side that two or three minutes before half-time. But I know there might be first two tries that are lucky bounce, but it comes down to your focus and your urgency from the defending side to be able to defuse those sort of situations. And South weren't able to do that. In the post-match interview... Uh, press conference, Anthony Seabold said he didn't think the 24 nil at half-time or the 18 nil at one stage in the first half truly reflected the match. Uh, he's deluded if he believes that because his forwards mm. were being out-muscled. They were treated like school, a schoolboy forward pack. Uh, other than Payne Haas, who was the only one that ran over 100 metres, which is inexcusable for a forward pack, uh, this forward pack should be very embarrassed with their performance against the South City team, who, led by Sam Burgess, basically just went on a seek-and-destroy mission to um, to try and decimate anything that was put yeah. in front of them, and that's exactly what they did. Some amazing tributes, and I must admit, I'm pretty slow on the uptake at the best of times. Sats, I know you can certainly attest to that. I tuned into the coverage and was also having a little look on the TV, and at the 30-metre line, I saw the extra zero. I'm thinking, oh, no, someone's made a complete hash of that. <laughs> Red 300, and then I reckon it was about halfway through the first half, I clicked and went, oh, of course, it's a tribute to... Uh, the man playing game 300, um, that being Darius Boy. That's a nice touch, by the way, by the um, by the Bunnies. I know it wasn't a home game for the Brisbane Broncos. They didn't have to do that, but I thought it was um, yeah, a nice little touch from the opposition. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Wayne Bennett would have had something to do with that as well. Yeah, um, yeah it is. It's a really good touch and a good gesture from the the away side and, and how he's respected within the game, the records that he's, that he's also posted, especially at... 
at origin level. But um, yeah, it wasn't a happy night for Darius and his teammates. But yeah. even after the game, Benny, they uh, presented Darius with a uh, with the match ball as well, which was yeah. a really nice touch. Yep. But I was a little bit disappointed with the the send off for Greg Inglis. I think there was like thirteen thousand fans there last night uh, on Thursday night, and um, and he's a player with the um, you know where he stands within the game. I, I think he deserves something better. I, and I've got no doubt South will have something planned for him, mm. some sort of gala dinner or whatever it may be. But uh, I just don't think ANZ Stadium is the right setting no. for a player of of his stature within the game to be farewelled. But uh, it was a great night, of course, uh, celebrated mostly throughout the uh, the night with every try that was scored. Other than Sam Turner, I don't think did it. Uh, sorry, Sam Burgess didn't do it. Yeah. Cole Turner didn't do it. But every other player did. Obviously, the famous Goanna, which yeah. which came into uh, fruition 2014 season for Greg Inglis, became an indelible mark of of his season in 2014, especially the last play of the grand final of that season mm. where he scored that try. And yeah, it's um, it was really great to see. It was a you know, great respect they got for their player, but also it just gave it that uh, that sense of nostalgia as well. Yeah, we're going to hear from both coaches. It's, I'm glad you mentioned Sam Burgess. He actually tweeted out this morning. Uh, and uh, I had a bit of a chuckle at this. He said, yep, I'm gutted I didn't do the Goanna last night after my try. Also think I did myself a favour. My hip flexibility could have made me look more like a wounded Goanna, but I'm going well, to miss funny. seeing Greg Inglis doing his thing. So it's funny you should say that because Adam Reynolds' attempt at the Goanna was more like a blue-tongued lizard. It was horrible. <laughs> it was a terrible attempt. Oh, Absolutely terrible. All in tribute. It was great stuff. Hey, um, you mentioned uh, Cody Walker and, and the game he played and, Certainly it was put to Wayne Bennett after the game about where he would stand in the grand scheme of things when it comes to origin. He said there's about four or five maybe in front of him from other people's perspectives at the moment. But uh, it was a big game and a big moment for him too. The anniversary of his mother's passing, it's a, mm. it's a pretty significant uh, day for Cody and he couldn't have played much better. So the biggest ever win, I think it was, or equal biggest to the Bunnies over the Broncos Sats, is that right? Yeah. Equal biggest win they've had over the Bunnies. And just on the Cody Walker scenario, Benny, yeah, a year to the day, and only 16th, yeah. 16th minute when he scored, sorry, the 15th minute when he scored his first try, he, he pointed to his wrist and wrist and pointed to the sky um, in remembrance of his mother. He's a tremendous young man, Cody Walker. And although he may not get the number six jersey, um, I'm pretty sure he'll be the number 14 for New South Wales. And he's done that all on the back of just playing a style of rugby league where... Where when we're growing up, Benny, whether it's you're playing AFL or rugby league, yeah, you just you just enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. He's playing like he's just enjoying what he's doing and he's been given a license just to do exactly that. And it's it's um coming to fruition and wreaking a lot of success for the club. And we'll take a quick break for Kubota. The diesel generators that are powering Australia up next. Sats has got a few nominations for us with his Makita Cordless Power Garden Range Power Player. And we'll also get his tips for the remainder of round eight. You are listening to Off the Bench. You're listening to Off the Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators, powering Australia. Time to nominate our Makita Power Player for Makita's Cordless Power Garden Range, the landscaper's choice. Yeah, it sure is, and why wouldn't it be? Because it's got the world's largest range of over 200 tools on just the one battery. Makita Power Player nomination of the week. I'm going to just throw one in here quickly, Sats. It pains me to do it. Although, when I say it pains me to do it, 
only on this one occasion because he caused a lot of hurt to my beloved hmm. Liverpool. Uh, it was on Thursday morning, our time, uh, Wednesday night over there in Barcelona. Uh, Lionel Messi, uh, arguably the greatest footballer of all time, and that's a great pub debate for another day, scored his 600th goal for Barcelona. And the manner in which he did it, a free kick from 25 yards, which uh, left... Liverpool's keeper, Allison just stretching and clutching at straws. He, he couldn't have scored it any better. Uh, he couldn't have hit that ball any better. And a 3-0 win for Barcelona means they're probably one foot into that Champions League final. But he's a little superstar and certainly, I think, deserves a nod for a power player. Who have you got for us, Sats? My my power player is Andrew Webster. Now, Andrew Webster, many of the listeners out there, if you uh, read a lot of the publications, is a very good journalist for the Sydney Morning Herald. He wrote a story Friday morning around the Israel-Falau scenario and his thoughts around this. Now, Andrew Webster is a proud proud, uh, homosexual. Um, He came out um, last year and has received a lot of support and has also received uh, a lot of uh, negative... Uh, comments that have been directed his way through social media and also uh, face-to-face communication as well, which is something we see in this day and age, and we don't accept it in this day and age, but we've got to be real and know that it happens. But he's written a, a tremendous um, story today around the Israel Folau, and it's changed my my focus on it, Benny. You know that I've always said, mm-hmm. hey, listen, I don't agree with what he said. I think it's ridiculous what he said, but... He's a man that's free free to have his beliefs and his thoughts. Yep. And if he wants to make them public, well, the AAU, I believe, have got their hands tied in relation to uh, what they do about this because of the freedoms of belief um, and how you how do you publicise those. But this, reading the story from Andrew Webster, it's a very brave story as well. He talks about some of his, his own personal uh, interactions with people. He's made me now believe that I still don't agree with what what Israel Folau has said mm. and what he's also um, made public on social media. But I hope the AAU stand their ground now and I hope they draw a line in the sand like the NRL have, whether it's legally right or wrong. And I hope they make an example of Israel Folau um, purely for the fact that we need to continually keep sending a message that our societal norm is not about uh, not about trying to degrade uh, various populations. So yep. I just want to say to Andrew Webster, and I've contacted him via text message to say that it's one of the one of the great pieces I've read read in many many years, Benny. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Yeah. No, it's good uh, to have a journalist side of things, and obviously they have to write the articles which divide opinions, much like Israel Folau has, of course. But very brave of Andrew to share his thoughts with the wider public, and I think a very worthy nomination for our Makita Power Play. Makita's cordless power garden tools power through the toughest of jobs. Makita when power means business. Before we get Sats round eight tips, what's left of the weekend and find out what he's looking forward to over the next 48 hours in sport. Uh, let's get a Battle of the Bush preview and catch up with Rob Luck. Let's talk racing and the Battle of the Bush. Join the battle at the Racing Queensland website. Yeah, and you can follow the 2019 Tab Battle of the Bush at racingqueensland.com.au. Racing Queensland's Battle of the Bush ambassador, the one and only Mr. Rob Luck, joins us on the line. And Rob, we had obviously a false start last weekend due to some weather. Not that that can be helped, but it's all eyes on the one heat this week, and that is in the beautiful town of Bundaberg. Welcome to Sports Day, Rob. Yeah, thanks, Benny. And, uh, yeah, Bundaberg, the qualifier, brings us back into the race with the Battle of the Bush this Saturday with only the one heat before we really warm up 
next week with the uh, four heats that will be conducted at Longreach, Warwick, Gordon Vale and Mount Isa. But we have the one heat over the 1,212 metres, and this will test some of these runners mm. uh, on Saturday, Benny, in the uh, Bundaberg qualifier because a very unique about, thing about Bundaberg, it's one of the sand tracks uh, in Queensland. And, of course, it often becomes horses for courses. They need to be able to handle that sand surface to perform uh, at the Bundaberg track. So based on that, Rob, uh, and as you said, it's a perfect uh, line to roll out for such an event, Horses for Courses. Who is one of the horses that will really enjoy this sand course? Well, the good thing, firstly, is, again, the Battle of the Bush Field has stood up with 11 acceptances. acceptances. Um, interestingly, Gender Bean makes it an interesting contest, but he's also dual accepted for the Quilpie Newmarket, so I'm not sure which way Gender Bean's going because he possesses a lot of speed. And that will be a determining factor in this race. We have this very interesting horse, Bell Saliva, for Glenn Richardson and Miss Nikki Nakao, claiming two, drawn the outside barrier in 11, undefeated on sand tracks, including Bundaberg at its last six runs. But it's up against some good horses. But most of the other horses, it has defeated, hmm. including the top weight, Marksfield, that's uh, got barrier 10. Uh, I think he's in with a big show, Marksfield. Uh, he will run the distance. Bell Saliva's question mark, two unplaced runs at the distance. Then you've got horses like Little Ruby Rose, an interesting newcomer on the way up from barrier one, plenty of speed. Look, I think there's going to be a heap of speed in the race, and this might play into the hands of a Darrell Garden horse called All Host, with Nicole Seymour claiming two, one at the distance at the track. I'm going to put it in on top, Benny, was an each-way prospect All Host to get up over Bell Saliva. Uh, Marksfield for third and Little Ruby Rose and that's pending gender being not being in the race. If it's in the race, mm. it could change the uh, circumstances. Alright Rob uh, and of course for all the details you can visit the Racing Queensland website for more information All Eyes on Bundaberg. Beautiful part of the world they do a beautiful drop of rum and I've got some family up that way. I'm sure we'll be heading out to the track as well. Should be an absolute cracker You mentioned uh, just the one heat this weekend being in Bundaberg but uh, we four heats next week you're going to have your work cut out yeah, there's four heats, Longreach, Warwick, Gordon, Vale, Mount Isa. And don't forget uh, that anyone using the social media sites, if they go to On The Bit, On The Bit Facebook site, these races are live streamed from the various venues. So it's going to be a busy day next week. Benny, can I also quickly mention a very unique feature in country racing mm. in Queensland this weekend. The Quilpie races, their annual meetings, attract that beautiful rain out there. The track was not suitable. They've moved the race meeting to Charleville. They've kept the Quilpie Day as a phantom meeting, so all their activity is happening. There's a bookmaker on course at uh, Quilpie. Of course, there's bookmakers on course at Charleville, but here's the unique thing. They are live streaming the races from Charleville back to Quilpie, hmm. so you've still got your race day at Quilpie. That's what I call great thinking outside the square. I call that modern technology at its finest, Rob. Good stuff, and thanks for the update on that. Uh, I'm sure even though no race is happening uh, Physically there in Quilpie, it'll be a ripping day for all of those that are heading along to enjoy a, a day out at the at the races of sorts, live-streamed, if you will. Hey, Rob, uh, you're across everything. As you said, it's been a, a busy couple of days. It'll be even busier next week. But good luck to all involved at Bundaberg as the Battle of the Bush continues to heat up. Visit the Racing Queensland website for more information. Enjoy the weekend, Rob. I'll be speaking to you uh, next uh, week early to uh, recap all things Bundaberg. Yeah, we'll see how we've gone with those tips at Bundaberg, Benny, and good luck to the Bundaberg Club with their Battle of the Bush Heat. You're listening to Off the Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators, powering Australia.
Let's see who the lads like this weekend. It's Badge and Sats NRL Tips. Yeah, well, I'm glad we're keeping Badge out of this conversation, Sats, because he's found his form. In fact, I think he's, well, he's the tipping. He's actually snuck his Mm. nose in front. Uh, He's come from the clouds. So let's see if we can find a few winners to uh, get back in the game. And I suppose we look to Saturday and his beloved Raiders taking on your beloved Panthers. And this one's uh, out at Wagga, McDonald's Park. So more regional footage. Good. Yeah, it's um, we saw the game in Tamworth, was it last week, Benny? It was yes. last week, yeah, the Tigers and Titans uh, in Wagga this time. I, it's great to see in the NRL. My hat's hats off to them for yeah. continually doing this for the regional people. Wagga's a, it's been a, a tremendous um, provider of some great athletes. Uh, Steve Mortimer, just to name one, Mark Taylor, the Duck, Wayne Carey is a yeah, Wagga boy. absolutely. In AFL yep. as well. Uh, I'm going to take the Panthers because... The Raiders know Jordan Rapiner. Uh, Try-scoring ability, um, line-break ability is uh, all of a sudden um, decreases immensely, and the Panthers just have too many good players not to eventually um, find some form. So mm. I'm going to say Panthers. All right, Seagulls, Bulldogs, Lotto Land. A great rivalry between these two clubs. Yeah, it's tough to win at Lotto Land, but with no Daly Cherry Evans, I don't know where their, their points outside of Jake Travojevic it becomes easier as a defensive side when you've got one less key component of your attack. Uh, it becomes easier as the defender to focus on who we need to put our defence on to try and nullify any of their um, attacking capabilities. So I'm going to say the Bulldogs may cause an upset here up against the Eagles. Okay. All right. Roosters, Tigers at the famed SCG. Yeah, Josh Reynolds out, uh, Benji Marshall back, but the Roosters, they get Luke yep. Keary back. All yep. right. Sunday, Warriors Knights at Mount Smart Stadium. Mm. Yeah, well, Roger Tuivasa, Sheck up against Kalen Ponga. This, again, this has probably flown yeah. under the radar a little bit, hasn't it, Benny? But um, I'm really looking forward to this matchup. Who's got the best sidestep out of both these players? Um, I'm going to take the Warriors because they get Roger Tuivasa, Sheck back. Uh, they've got um, a chance of getting Solomon Akata back. They've got David Fusatua back. So I'm going to say the Warriors. And to wrap up the weekend, Sats, your quick thoughts on the Eels and the Dragons at the Bankwest Stadium. Yeah, tough one to pick this one. It'd be a big crowd. I know that. I think Ooh, it'll yeah. be nearly a sellout. But I'm going to say Dragons because um, I really like what they did in defeat against the Roosters last week. All right, that's the thoughts of Scotty Sattler, the remainder of round eight in the National Rugby League. Just before we sign off here on Off the Bench, thanks to Kubota Diesel Generators who've got that serious backup power. Um, what tickles your fancy this weekend in the world of sports, Sats? Oh, I cannot wait. Benny, Sunday, and you probably don't get as excited as well. You probably get this excited when Liverpool are playing, <laughs> I think, but, or the Collingwood <laughs> Pies. But, Maybe. Um, it's uh, Saul Alvarez, Canelo, who is regarded as pound for pound the best boxer in the world. Yep. He's uh, only still a very um, only still a very young man, 28 years of age. He's, his record is just phenomenal. He's had um, 51 wins. He's had one loss, which is really early on against Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. And um, he goes up for the what they call the um, it's the unified middleweight uh, middleweight boxing title up against a guy called Daniel the Miracle Man Jacobs uh, who's got a really good record as well 35 35 wins two losses um, it's going to be an amazing fight can't wait for Sunday morning yeah cool uh, I'm looking forward to the start of the A League finals which are getting underway it's been a long arduous season but now uh, six Benny, sides can you left see in the anyone hunt. beating Perth no I can't I not? can't at the no. moment but uh, finals are a fickle and funny thing as we discovered last mm. year with Sydney 
being knocked out at the semi-final stage, uh, Melbourne victory coming from fourth to win it. So anything's possible. But yeah, if I'm if I'm being a betting man, which I'm not often, uh, I am saying Perth would be the uh, the team to beat with Sydney not far behind them, to be honest. Uh, and a buddy less, buddy Franklin less, Sydney Swans looking to keep their season alive against a much improved Brisbane Lions. I'm calling that game for AFL Nation, and it's a big test for the Lions. Who, Will they miss um, the finals? Uh, I think, I think Sydney are going to struggle big time. Uh, and, and look, it's a, as I said, a, a bigger test for Brisbane because Sydney have been a bogey. I don't think they've beaten them for a long, long time and they'll never get a better opportunity than what presents Okay, do so the Lions make the finals? Uh, no, I don't think they will. I think they'll finish really? ninth, tenth around that mark. I just, still okay, a young side on the red go. On that. What are we doing? We're going to have a bottle of red on that. Okay. I think they'll make it. I'm not a huge red drinker, but my wife is, so she'll be happy with that bet, particularly if uh, I manage to collect. So we'll do that. No, I'm happy with that. Hey, this has been Off the Bench for Kubota. Sats, you have yourself a great weekend. Enjoy that boxing on Sunday, uh, and I'll catch you same time next week. You too. See you, mate.